Hello, everyone. I'm Patty Murphy. Thank you for listening. The On SI podcast is brought to you by Tom and Suzanne Crimmins, the owners of Tom Crimmins Realty. With their help, we're able to continue to share local Staten Island stories from Tottenville to Tompkinsville and everywhere in between. Tom Crimmins Realty is an independent, family-run business that knows how important it is to foster strong, community-minded neighborhoods. To that end, if you have a positive story you would like us to share, let our team know about it. Email us at stories at onsi.nyc. Now, on with this month's show. On this episode of the Onsi podcast... October is Italian-American Heritage and Culture Month, and few places in America are home to as many descendants from Italy as Staten Island. How the borough came together to celebrate again after a tough stretch apart. The annual Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk returned this month to raise much-needed funds for cancer research and services, a reminder that ongoing medical needs still exist in the shadow of the COVID-19 pandemic. And this episode's Local Hero of the Month is a role model who's dedicated his life to bringing justice to crime victims across New York City while still finding the time to foster high school athletes. Hello, I'm your host, Patty Murphy. We begin this month with the return of Staten Island's celebrations honoring the achievements and contributions of local Italian-Americans. Coinciding with Columbus Day, two events in particular brought out large crowds who welcomed the opportunity to gather once again. That tops our island-hopping segment on SI's take of noteworthy, local, and positive things you need to know this month. On SI's Joe Malvasio has more. Those on Staten Island that wanted to celebrate all things Italian found time in October to attend fun-filled events at two historic sites. Casa Belvedere, the Italian cultural foundation on Grimes Hill, hosted its festival and luxury auto showcase on the North Shore. And the Italian festival at the Mount returned to Pleasant Plains on the South Shore on the grounds of Mount Laredo. Both events featured food, games, and attractions geared toward young families. Mount Laredo's landmark church tower was even lit in red and green to mark the occasion. Italian treats such as fried zeppelis were enjoyed by many. The Staten Island Chamber of Commerce's annual meeting returned this month as an in-person event at the Hilton Garden Inn after being forced to host an all-virtual one in 2020. More than 225 chamber members came out for the breakfast meeting that included new Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin. Chamber President and CEO Linda Barron said the annual meeting is always a unique chance for members to connect with other business professionals, share stories, and network, particularly important as small businesses look to recover fully from the pandemic. The commissioner for the New York State Office of Mental Health toured Richmond University Medical Center on October 22nd. Dr. Anne-Marie Sullivan was welcomed to the West Brighton facility by hospital officials. During the visit, the commissioner met with the staff assisting patients in Rumsey's Adolescent Psychology Department 
and in the hospital's separate comprehensive psychiatric emergency program. Dr. Sullivan thanked the staff for their dedication and the quality of care they provide to behavioral health patients and their families. Lemon Creek Park is looking much better thanks to a team of do-gooders from IS-7, St. Joseph-by-the-Sea, the Staten Island Zoo, and others who gathered at the South Shore Green Space to conduct a large cleanup of the preserve. The group hauled out more than 600 pounds of trash and recyclables, including plastic bags, containers, beach chairs, a couch, and much more. October marks Breast Cancer Awareness Month. That's why the American Cancer Society started making strides against breast cancer walks to unite communities in the fight against the deadly disease. This year's walk drew about 8,000 participants to the boardwalk along Father Capadano Boulevard, including breast cancer survivors, their supporters, and community sponsors. This is the first time the fundraiser was held since 2019, as it was canceled in 2020 due to the pandemic. To learn more about this event and other cancer-fighting efforts, I spoke to C.C. Akuri, the Senior Development Manager for Staten Island at the American Cancer Society. I understand that this year's Making Strides Against Cancer event on Staten Island drew thousands of people and raised critical funds for the American Cancer Society. I think that's so great. Can you recap the fundraiser for our listeners? Absolutely. So this year, I have to tell you that the event was amazing. I was a little nervous because, of course, with COVID, we didn't know what things were going to look like exactly or what to expect. But I think that many of our supporters were super excited to get back out to Midland Beach and to proudly wear their pink attire. Um, So early on, we communicated with everyone that the walk was happening. We were moving full steam ahead um, and that we were going to make sure we made it as COVID safe as possible by having precautions in place to protect health and safety of all of our participants. So first and foremost, From the onset, we encouraged um, our teams, our volunteers, our sponsors, our vendors to register, pre-register, and do their fundraising online. That ended up being very successful. On walk day, we had QR codes posted so people could register and make donations if they hadn't done prior to the event. This limited their contact, obviously, with staff and volunteers. We provided free face masks. We had hand sanitizer everywhere. This year, we had some amazing, wonderful additions to the event. We had the FDNY Fire Family Assistance Unit. We teamed up with them. They had set up their brand new fire truck, which displayed the names of first responders lost on September 11th. They brought their two awesome mascots who greeted everybody throughout the day. And they also designed and were selling pink ribbon attire, and all the proceeds were coming back to the American Cancer Society. We also had, for the first time, our pink inflatable chair, huge chair, um, sponsored by Metro Plus Health. People took photos on it. They shared it on social media. It was a huge hit. We also sold our pink pinwheels, something, again, new to the event, where people dedicated a pinwheel to a loved one. And then they would take it on the route with them. And you know how windy it is, right. you know, down at South Beach. So those things were spinning like crazy. It was, it was great. 
We also had nine of our dance and cheer squads along the route from our local high schools cheering people on. We had Nick of E Squared Productions. They're there every year. They are amazing. They MC, they play great tunes, they keep people motivated and inspired. And we also had, of course, our Survivor Village, which was sponsored nationally by ZTA Sorority. And this year we couldn't do a sit down because we didn't want to encourage congregating. We didn't want to encourage groups of people, you know, together um, in one small space. So we did kind of a walkthrough. We still had our Starbucks coffee. We had pink ribbon cookies, bagels. We handed out survivor sashes to each survivor to wear when they walked. Um, And we also had swag bags with a lot of pink goodies inside. So all those things still happened, which was amazing. You know, that's pretty much the walk that it was an amazing day from beginning to end. Amazing. It's incredible to recognize how much we learned from the pandemic, right? And how much you had to integrate new things to this traditional walk that everybody knows so well. But really, I think overall, it encaptured the resilient spirit that everybody had to adopt because of the pandemic. Yes. And and speaking of resilience, I wanted to ask, do any patient or survivor stories stand out to you from that day that you can share? I have two stories. The first one is a labor and delivery nurse from Staten Island University Hospital named Jennifer D'Ambrosio. She was diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2009. She was 31 years old. Um, She had a five-month-old daughter. She had just found out she had stage four breast cancer. To say that it was overwhelming would be an understatement. She battled the last 11 years. And I actually spoke to her last September, the cancer had returned, it had uh, spread. Um, And, you know, she was in great spirits, and she was doing some holistic stuff and clinical trials and everything else. I found out in December, she had passed away. Sorry. So when I saw that her sister, Denise, had reinstated her team, In 2021, I was so excited. Jen's Gems, that's the name of the team. Before I knew it, it was early October and her sister, you know, the team in in Jennifer's memory had raised over $12,000. And that is considered a top fundraising team. I mean, they were in the top five fundraising teams for Staten Island. So I emailed her and I said to her, I'd love to have a tent for you guys and a banner. And she was so excited because her friends, her family, everyone was coming um, on the 17th to walk in her memory. So every year in the survivor tent, we have a huge survivor banner that survivors sign and leave a message. And so I went and found the 2018 banner with my girlfriend. And I said, look for her name, see if she signed it. I mean, there's signatures all over it. So she spotted her name and she said she signed it. And she wrote, always have faith. And she signed it, Jennifer D'Ambrosio. So, um, you know, so I hung that in her tent, in her sister's tent as a surprise. They took it home with them. It's something that they'll always have. So, um, so that's, that's one of the amazing stories that come out of Staten Island and this walk. The second one is Archie's Angels. So Archie's Angels is in memory of Janet Alemo's mom, Argentina, who passed away a few years back 
of breast cancer. Janet's best friend, Jennifer, has made it her mission to fundraise for Archie's Angels. And last year during COVID, she needed to figure out a way, because typically they do an in-person event, she needed to figure out a way to fundraise, but virtually. So she used Facebook as her platform, and she raised last year $45,000. She was one of the top teams in the country, top fundraisers in the country, from little old Staten Island, I always say, you know, it was amazing. Um, And this year, again, they are already at $36,000, again, virtually fundraising through Facebook. She has family, friends, strangers donating things to her to be able to raffle. And next month, I just saw her post on Facebook that she's doing like a, a virtual tricky tray. She normally does it in person at a local church. And I'm confident. I asked her if she sleeps. I don't know how she does this because she has a full-time job and she does this on top of it all year from January 1st till December 31st. She fundraises for this team. And I'm sure that she's going to beat last year's record. She's already at 36,000. So I have a feeling that she's going to surpass last year. So those two stories are such a standout for our Staten Island community. And, you know, thank you for letting me share those with you. Well, thank you for being generous with them. I know it's emotional. Yeah. And and it highlights that, you know, it does seem like breast cancer touches everyone's lives. And obviously October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Why is it so important to highlight this each year? We know that one in eight women are going to fight breast cancer in their lifetime. Shockingly, breast cancer has surpassed lung cancer to become the number one diagnosed cancer worldwide. Now, pre-pandemic, only 63% of women were up to date on their mammogram, 63%. In this day and age, knowing what we know, we should be at 100% each year. We have guidelines in place that came through the American Cancer Society with when to start your mammograms. I just feel like until we're at 100%, of people getting mammograms, this is something we have to highlight every year. You hit on it, and it was something I wanted to dive into. The COVID-19 pandemic disrupted so many things, but including medical appointments. So how has that impacted breast cancer awareness, research, treatments? So last year, 41% of Americans missed their health checkups. During the pandemic, including cancer screenings, which meant that people may have been sick and didn't know it. And that makes a difference from being a stage zero or one to possibly a stage four when you're not going and getting those early screenings done. We know that early detection is so important, especially with cancer. We estimate that approximately 17,000 plus people in New York alone will be diagnosed this year with breast cancer. And across the United States, that number's over 280,000. So I can't stress enough how important it is to get screened. The American Cancer Society is pretty much a household name, but I wanna just take a moment to revisit what is the mission of the American Cancer Society and how can Staten Islanders be supportive of it? 
Our mission is to free the world from cancer. We invest in life-saving research. We provide 24-7 information and support. Um, we work to ensure that individuals in every community have access to cancer prevention, detection, and treatment. Between 1989 through 2018, we witnessed a 41% decline in the female breast cancer death rate. And I can tell you that as a recognized leader in breast cancer research, we have no intention of ever slowing down. Staten Island, and I said this before, has and always will be, in my eyes, the most generous, loving, philanthropic, united community of all the boroughs. I feel like they step up like nobody else does when it comes to the community and being supportive. And we've seen that time and time again over the years. We're amazing. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on Staten Island. As of today, Staten Island as a community, now this doesn't include all our sponsorships, okay? This is just through teams and individuals fundraising. We're almost at $300,000. And if you compare us, and I feel like it's comparing apples to oranges because we have about 475,000 people who live in Staten Island. Every other borough is three, four, five times that number of people. Mm -hmm. And we are right now in second place to Manhattan in fundraising. So I'm super proud of that. Um, I always say we may be the smallest, but we are definitely the strongest and mightiest. I can't think of a better way to end uh, a conversation because that is just exactly what we try to encapsulate here on the show. And I'm excited to share all the information with our listeners about breast cancer awareness and why it is so important to, you know, continue to fight for a cure. And, you know, let me just add that I want people to know that they're not alone. The American Cancer Society website at cancer.org is a place where people can find comprehensive, detailed information about breast cancer types, risk factors, prevention, screening and early detection, and treatment options. They also have a 24-hour day, seven-day cancer helpline. That's 1-800-227-2345, um, where they can speak with a cancer information specialist. We also, which I think is super important, is that we have a mobile app. It's really simple to download. And this is an app where newly diagnosed breast cancer patients can connect with trained breast cancer survivors who've been there, who can support them during their journey, who can answer their questions and be there for them. You know, my biggest message today is please get your mammograms, get your pap smears, get your colonoscopies, get your annual checkup and your blood work done, get your teeth cleaned every six months. <laughs> Just don't put it off and don't wait because it could really be the difference between life and death for people. Now, we are proud to bring you our local hero of the month a segment made possible with support from Tom and Suzanne Crimmins of Tom Crimmins Realty. In this installment, we introduce you to recently retired NYPD detective Wendell Stradford, a Staten Islander who dedicated nearly 40 years of his life to protecting the citizens of New York and coaching local athletes to be their best. On September 11th, 2021, 
Wendell Stratford marked his 63rd birthday, the birth of his granddaughter, and the end of his 37-year career with the NYPD. Stratford aged out of service after having spent the bulk of his career working and solving cold cases. There were many successes in the detective's time on the job, but there were many challenges that came along with it. He joined the department in the early 80s and built a reputation as a superb investigator and proud public servant, despite the dangers of policing. That uniform meant a lot, but to a lot of people, it didn't mean anything at all. I mean, if I could say the things that people said and did to me, you know, just because of that uniform, just unbelievable. But it made me appreciate the fact that there are a lot of people out there who want the same and they needed help and they were appreciative of the uniform. While off-duty, Stratford made sure to carve out time to coach his children and local high school athletes. He's coached several basketball teams, including the Police Athletic League, and has served as the longtime assistant coach at St. Peter's Boys. Coaching provided a much-needed, healthy, and positive outlet for both Stratford and his players. They would hit me with questions like, hey, coach, what did you do? Or what do you think about this? Or this happened to me? You know, what should I have done? And so it was a little bit more than just basketball. It was also being able to put thoughts in their heads that helped them along in their life later on. After a long career chasing down criminals and solving heinous crimes, Stratford was asked to share his expertise consulting on TV crime shows. He continues to be generous with his knowledge as a technical advisor, so the profession is accurately represented on film. You know, certain lore, crime dramas don't last because they don't speak to the people who actually lived it and can give them the right way to do it. Ultimately, Stratford has proudly served his city as a quiet professional for nearly four decades and continues to inspire future generations of residents to maintain a strong moral compass in the midst of hardship and uncertainty. That is why Wendell Stratford is our local hero of the month. You know, I want people to understand that you can live your life normally and raise your family and take care of yourself and your friends and stuff without having to sacrifice your beliefs, your core beliefs, just to go along with everybody else. I mean, that's how I've always been, and that's how I told my children to be. You don't have to go along with them if you don't believe in it. Um, And I tell kids that, too. Don't just go along to get along. That's the best way. And finally, in case you missed it, in our last edition of On SI, we spoke with Linda Manfredi, the co-founder of the Joseph Maffio Foundation, a nonprofit organization named in memory of a New York City firefighter who was born in Rosebank, grew up in Newdorp, and was killed during the attacks on the World Trade Center on 9-11. Since its inception, the organization aims to honor Maffio's memory by giving back to the youth of Staten Island and is dedicated to the commitment to never forget paying it forward and making a difference in the world you live in ultimately makes you a better human being. And ultimately you can then service people and be that unique individual that my brother was. That'll do it for this edition of On SI. A thank you to CC Akuri, 
Wendell Stradford, and Tom and Suzanne Crimmins. Please check out our website at honestsci.nyc and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We feature stories that matter to locals. If you have one you'd like to share, email it to us at stories at Until next time, be well.